Welcome to Fantasy Football Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. I am, of course, Pat Mayo. Today we're talking about the kickoff to NFL season, the Hall of Fame game between the Cowboys and the Steelers. Probably not going to get a showdown, DraftKings and Prize Picks in game, by game preseason show, but this is the first game we got to talk about. This actual football is going to be played on Thursday night, and there's a ton of opportunities to make money, whether it be in the betting space or the fantasy space or the fantasy prop space. And the best way to get access to the fantasy props and get some juice behind you, maybe you don't win this one, but you'll still have money left over because if you use the link in the description, our link to prizepicks.com, and then you use code MMN for Mayo Media Network. When you sign up, you'll get a deposit bonus of up to $100. So you use the $100 on this game. Even if it doesn't win on your picks, then you're still going to have $100 left over to fire again and build up that bankroll. And frankly, I think some of these lines are kind of soft in the fantasy props over at Prize Picks. So we will talk through all of this, plus get to some DraftKings picks and some bets for the game as well and talk about the spread and some information on preseason because I find it exceptionally difficult to find information on preseason stuff. Apparently I'm just looking in absolutely the wrong place. That's why I have to bring in some people that actually know about these things. Before we get to that though, smash the like button to the episode. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network while you're here. You might as well go do that. And in the comment section, give me your single favorite play for the Hall of Fame game. Who's going to score the most fantasy points in this game for your team if you take them? Either side, Pittsburgh, Dallas, doesn't matter to me. Which player is going to score the most points? I want to hear from you, and then I'll just like copy your picks, and then I'll win some bucks. That's usually how this works. Cody Main from EstablishTheRun.com is on the line. We've had all of your cohorts from Establish the Run on the show in one form or another over time. You are making your debut, so welcome to the show. Football is back. Pat, I am ready to talk some sports today. Uh, finally getting a little action. I think this, this action might be a little softer than some of the action that we are accustomed to, but that's why you brought me on. I've been grinding preseason DFS for a while now, and I've foregone best ball. I've foregone season long. I've foregone everything else, all other forms of making money to grind preseason. So let's get to it. Well, after talking to Levitan for years, and we used to do shows together, he'd be like, man, like you just basically use your entire bankroll in NFL preseason and print money. I was <laughs> like, I, I don't know how exactly that's going to work for me. I, I think I'm just going to tail your picks, but you guys have a fucking good team over at Established. The, I mean, for all of football, obviously, and with Dink and Leone on basketball, but NFL preseason is like... It's crazy. I had the package last year, and I was like, good God, like I'm actually winning money. And these soft... Places to win money, whether it be on DraftKings, whether it be on prize picks, whether it be in the betting market, uh, they're not lying. Like they actually are. If guys like me can win, it's got to be soft, right? <laughs> yeah. And the team that established the run is incredible. You've got Sean Newsham, who is like the GOAT college football player, GOAT preseason player. Adam, obviously the legend of preseason. I'm just over here being a total virgin, grinding every single edge that I can, <laughs> trying to find every piece of data that I can. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the action's still going to be soft. We didn't get any preseason last year, so any new players that uh, joined DraftKings uh, looking for some action, I think that they will be in for a rude awakening, if you will. So I'm excited to get into this. Uh, eventually, you have to join Team Sex. You got to leave that virgin moniker behind. Then you can be too rich like everyone else over at ETR and boom. 
you're well on your way. Uh, RunTheSims.com is my new tool site with one of the best showdown players in the world, Justin Freeman. So I highly recommend you go check out RunTheSims.com right now. There is a free membership where you can make your own custom projections and export those, make your own rankings. You can do all of that with a free membership. But if you want the optimizer and you want the game simulations and all of the betting tools, I mean, that's going to cost you. It's tools. No one is giving you picks on this site. So you can control the inputs if you like. RunTheSims.com slash Mayo to get a discount on that, but I suggest the free site right away and just go check all of that out. The thing I want to start off first, because I kind of hit on this off the top, is research methods for the preseason. I can't find good information or I'm just not looking in the right places of who's playing, who's not playing, who we should believe, who we shouldn't believe. So beyond getting a membership and subscription to establish the run where you'll just tell me these things, if I wanted to do the, the grunt work myself and scour the internet, where should I be looking for this stuff? Yeah, we'll, we'll teach you how to fish. But again, like you said, if you just want to get the fish, come on over to ETR. We've got everything written up for you. We've got the, the top plays getting ready to go out tomorrow morning for Thursday's game. But a lot of you want to learn how to fish, right? So the best place to start if you're looking to get into the preseason, if you're looking to find those, those low-end depth chart guys, the wide receiver six, seven, eight, who might actually make an impact on your teams, the best place to start is Twitter. Uh, it's where we go for almost all of our information now anyway. Right now, I'm looking at Adam Levitan's football-only list on Twitter, and it's probably the best resource for preseason that you can have. He's got a list of basically every beat writer. There's 340 people in that list. Uh, anyone that is posting anything about football, uh, from starters to backup guys to back end of the roster guys to guys that won't even be in the NFL in six months, uh, it's there, and they're talking about it there. So I would suggest starting there. It can be a little overwhelming because there will just be thousands of tweets constantly streaming in every every minute so uh that's the best place to start and if you have if, if you're looking at uh, a particular depth chart or a particular slate and you want to narrow in more on specific research just grab that guy's name right i'm looking at the dallas roster the dallas depth chart right now if i want to know more about malik turner type in malik's Turner, malik turner's name on twitter anyone that is saying anything about malik turner will have posted something about it so um it seems a little bit uh <laughs> it, there's a lot of work that goes into it, right? Which is, which is why you want to subscribe to ETR, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. If, if you're grinding on your own, that's the best place to start is Twitter. So Twitter, search the names in the name bar. That actually makes a lot more intuitive sense than I would have thought because I'm just a moron who didn't think about that. But now that you say <laughs> it, I'm, I'm sure there are other people who are like me that just that didn't occur to. I feel like cussed at this point when he just, instead of using Google, he tries to type in Ask Jeeves or he, Google, oh my gosh. Or he Googles Bing.com in order to search something. <laughs> now I feel like him. This isn't a good situation to be in, but I'll check out Levitan's list and I'll probably just uh, copy that over into mine, follow that, set up a tweet deck, column for it and then i'll just be off to the races i have it i have a list for everything else i never thought about having it for this i only have it for nfl injuries which i uh, think is super valuable to have and i don't know how valuable it is in the preseason when you know that the like the names that you know likely aren't playing all that often how right. does the preseason generally work out it's usually week one you might get a series from a, a few of the top end guys if they're healthy maybe a few series in week two in week three it's usually like a half or a quarter and a half before they go to the bench and then week four it's an absolute free-for-all yeah i'm honestly curious how this is going to break down this year because we only have three games so i throw in the hall of fame game the the total exhibition game which is going to be a free-for-all like you said we're not going to see hardly any uh playing time for any of the starters we'll get into that in a little bit here with some of the picks but um yeah when, when you get into week one i'm fully expecting to see very little starters definitely 
very little activity from proven vets. Um, just thinking in this game, guys like Ben Roethlisberger and Juju Smith-Schuster, those guys aren't going to see the field at all. Sometimes you'll see guys that we know are going to have an, uh, a regular season role. Someone like Najee Harris is someone that's being talked about a lot right now. He might actually see a little bit of playing time in something even as crazy as the Hall of Fame game. So I think it's going to be a little bit more up in the air and we'll hopefully get more information and kind of be able to adjust our strategy on the fly a little bit. But I'm curious if teams will now use week one as a free for all where they get a look at some of these guys that won't make the roster. Week two is more of the dress rehearsal type of thing. And then the last week or, or week three game week, game week three will be more again of the free for all the guys that won't make the roster, the guys that will be cut in a few weeks. Uh, those are the type of guys that I'm expecting to see in week three. But we'll see how teams play it this year with one less game. I want to jump over to prize picks. Once again, hit the link in the description or just use code MMN at prizepicks.com to get yourself a deposit bonus of up to $100. And I just wanted to run through the scoring very quickly for you because this is the first time we've actually had a game to talk about on the show where we can go over or under on people's fantasy props. And it's pretty straightforward in terms of how the fantasy scoring works. Uh, it's all standard fantasy stuff. Full point PPR interceptions are only minus one. Fumbles lost are only minus one. Passing touchdowns, four points. Uh, 10 yards or one, it's 10 yards per point for rushing and receiving and 25 per point for passing yards. So about as custom of a regular scoring uh, in terms of fantasy football. The only difference is really the fumbles lost only being minus one. So the players that we actually have, we have six players on the slate. So this could really work to our advantage right now, Cody, if you know one of these guys is like, yeah, well, he's probably not going to play too much. Maybe under mm -hmm. might be the one on him. Or if someone like, well, let's just start with the quarterbacks. We have Cooper Rush for the Dallas Cowboys, 4.8 Fantasy points is his over-under at prize picks right now. Tony Pollard, 3.6 fantasy points. Noah Brown, receiver on the Dallas Cowboys, 3.4 fantasy points. Mason Rudolph, quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, 5.7 fantasy points. Jalen Samuels, 3.2. And James Washington, 3.7. Those are the six players currently available for the prize picks fantasy props over unders right now do you have a lean on you can just play two of them if you wanted to of guys that are probably going to play a lot in this game or guys that rarely are going to see the field here yeah it's going to be a lot of unders i don't i don't mean to throw a wet blanket on our first prize picks slate hey, of the year but hey, it's going to be a lot of unders you know what hey unders are just unders probably win at a higher rate than overs i just want to know if this guy's not going to play i'm taking the under pounding the under on me i might play five together and get like 20 times my money on this so, so run through them quick, and I'll, I'll just tell you over under first glance, and I'll give you a little bit of uh, a reasoning behind that, if you will. Go, go start, start at number one again, and I'll tell you over under just Cooper, from what I'm seeing first glance. Cooper Rush, quarterback, four point eight points. Under. So quarterback score, and this will this will apply towards Cooper Rush. I think you said Ben DiNucci, Mason Rudolph. This will apply towards all these quarterbacks. For each team, we're going to see all three quarter, all three backups play. So for the Cowboys, we're going to see. Garrett Gilbert start. He's maybe going to get a half. Then we'll see some combination of Ben DiNucci and um, Cooper Rush to close things out. I think Cooper Rush gets the least amount of playing time there. And uh, quarterbacks on average, I just pulled some historical data earlier this offseason looking at preseason week one scoring to get a large enough sample. So this isn't perfect one for one Hall of Fame game. Uh, but looking at preseason week one scoring by position, quarterbacks score 5.2 points on average. I would expect him to come under average. I don't, I don't think he's going to get much more than a quarter of playing time. Uh, and that average includes a lot of guys that get 
one and a half to two quarters. So under 4.8 for Cooper Rush. Tony Pollard is up next. I would think we don't see a ton of Zeke here, but it's not like Tony Pollard isn't a name in this offense that we're going to see in the regular season. He's most definitely going to be involved. At what extent? Well, it depends on how many drafts you're doing if you really want to find out that answer. I think he's just one of the best handcuffs. He's not someone I'm drafting in like season long to be like, oh, I'm going to use Tony Pollard. I don't think he's going to be used that much. I really like Zeke this year, but I can't imagine he's going to get substantial run in this game. So Pollard, the last time we saw preseason action, 2019, Pollard was still a, a relative unknown. And I don't think we know a whole lot about Pollard yet even, but he only played nine snaps in week one of 2019. So even a, even a more relative unknown, more unproven commodity in that offense and only played nine snaps, I'm going to lean that way. So I'm going to lean under there, but man, he could get two touches and, and, you know, break them for a touchdown. So a uh, wide range of outcome outcomes there, I think for Paul, but Pollard, but I don't think the playing time is going to be there for him. So I'd, I'd lean under on that, that hey, number. Hey, we, we just need to find two of these to put together. It sounds like Tony Pollard's going to be a stay away at the number of 3.6 on prizepicks.com code M M N by the way, to get that deposit bonus. We'll stick with Cooper rush for the moment. He's in the pole position. His under 4.8. We'll just pray. He doesn't throw a touchdown. And we'll be good to go. Noah Brown, 3.4 points. It, that does sound like a name that's going to get some run in this game. Okay, so that's true. Now, I think that the Cowboys top end of their wide receiver depth chart is a little bit more set than the field might. We're looking at their depth chart on ETR right now, Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, Michael Gallup. And then the next two names I think are, are locks for the roster, right? Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson. They got playing time last year during the regular season when these guys dealt with injuries. So I don't know how much we're going to see in Noah Brown or Cedric Wilson. And even if they do play, the Dallas wide receiver group is one of the deepest on the slate. So we might see a little bit of a play from Noah Brown. But again, another one that I'd probably lean under, but we can we can stash him on the side for right now because I think there's some better numbers out there. All right. So double stay away on Pollard, Noah Brown, Mason Rudolph going to the Pittsburgh side of the ball is up next. 5.7 fantasy points is his over under fantasy prop right now it's much higher than cooper rushes but is he weirdly too good to be playing a lot in this game because we're not seeing ben at all i imagine so no ben it's gonna it's gonna start with mason rudolph and he is supposed to seed this the remainder of the second half so he's gonna start probably play a quarter maybe a quarter and a half and then he's gonna seed way to Dwayne Haskins so we're expecting quite a bit of playing time for Dwayne Haskins probably closer to that two quarters than one quarter so I would expect Mason Rudolph's playing time to be limited to that one to one and a half quarter range uh yeah and he might be too good I think he's the solidified number two he's been in the building for a while so I don't think the Steelers need to get a huge look at what Mason Rudolph can do. They've, they've seen him in regular season action. He's one that I would definitely play under. So go double under on the quarterbacks because we're thinking we can project out this rotation a little bit better than maybe, like you said, it, it's soft this time of year. No one really knows what they're doing. So having an edge could be a huge, huge edge for you out there to take advantage of some of this stuff. Jalen Samuels, 3.2 fantasy points it's a pretty cluttered backfield after Najee Harris but like you mentioned we might see Harris because he's a rookie yeah I'm really curious to see what Tomlin does with Harris he had some comments earlier this week that were uh, a, a bit wishy-washy if you will he stressed the importance of getting prepared for games and the, the preparation that leads up to kickoff so it could be one of those things where he goes through a full pregame workout pads up and then doesn't even play um, so I can certainly see that scenario playing out. We're not expecting a ton of playing time for him. Benny Snell did not practice on 8-3. So um, they're down to Anthony McFarland, Kalen Balaj, Jalen Samuels, Trey Edmonds, and then they just signed Tony Brooks-James. So 
it is a little bit more crowded than you would initially think. This number might be a stay away. I just don't know how that backfield uh, is going to is going to shake out right now. All right. Hey, listen, sometimes the, the good advice is to stay away if we don't have certainty on these and we feel much better about other ones. Don't need to play everything that's out there. Last one on prizepicks.com is James Washington, 3.7 fantasy points in this game. So I'm trying to think of the Steelers depth chart. Is Washington fourth or fifth on the wide receiver depth chart? So he's fourth on the depth chart, but there was a report that came out today that was uh, posted to the athletic by one of their beat beat reporters. And it sounds like James Washington is going to get a little bit of run. So uh, obviously Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, the top of that depth chart, not expected to play much. They're really thin after that. Uh, Cody White, who was at the very bottom of the the depth chart, has not practiced. Ray Ray McLeod did not practice on 8-3. Outside of that, they've got five other guys that they can play. And it sounds like based off of some of the injuries that they've sustained at the tight end position, they've been running uh, this Derek Watt fullback slash H back slash tight end. So they're not getting a whole lot of four wide receiver looks in practice, which is really pushing James Washington's reps down. So they've made it sound like he's going to get a little bit of extra run in the hall of fame game. And we know he's a huge play threat. We know that he does have the shower narrative with Mason Rudolph, right? So (laughs) <laughs> a little bit counterintuitive, but I think I think with the way the scoring works out, I think James Washington can get there and Mason Rudolph can can still fail just on, on lack of volume anyway. So we might get two full quarters out of somebody like James Washington. So if we were just going to do the double play, so you do the double play, you do full, there's two different types of scoring you can do. You can do the flex play with two picks or you can do the full play with two picks. And the flex play is you get half your money back if one of two hits. I mean, not the end of the world. I don't like to play coward ball like that, though. I'm here to make some money. And if I do the full play, I get both picks right. I get three times my money. We do three of them and now I get five times my money. Do you think it's better off just to do the double under on the quarterbacks or do you think an over on Washington? Because it sounds like Cooper Cooper Rush is the one you're most confident in here. Definitely under on Cooper Rush. I feel like I'm kind of contradicting myself now that I say over on James <laughs> Washington when I expect him to play a little bit with Mason Rudolph. Um, it, it's tough because personally, when we were looking at this uh, initially a couple of days ago, we didn't expect a whole lot of James Washington run. That report kind of threw things out the window. So now I'm expecting more James Washington. I want to lean over on that number. What would that be? T- you know, a, a reception in in. 25 yards or two receptions and 20 yards. And he's over that number. So um, I think that, I think if you really want to just go balls to the wall, man, I, I think it's the the over on James Washington and double under on the quarterbacks as counterintuitive as that may, may seem. I think we get more Dwayne Haskins action than Mason Rudolph action. See, I don't mind that. And James Washington will probably get a few reps with Dwayne Haskins as well. And you just kind of spelled it out like two catches for 20 yards gets the over for James Washington and his 3.7 fantasy points on prize picks. And that gets Mason Rudolph not even a point in terms of the fantasy scoring right. just with that line. So I think that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we'll do the th- we'll do the three play. We'll do Cooper Rush under Mason Rudolph under James Washington over. And I'm going to bill you when that doesn't win. How does that sound? Love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, let's go over to <laughs> DraftKings because it's a showdown slate. There's a lot of money up for grabs on DraftKings this week because, you know, everyone's excited that football is back. So it sounds like James Washington might actually be a play for you in this game. Like if we're going to go quarter, like captain spot in showdown, do you think you would go with one of the quarterbacks here? Because you can probably project out their playing time a little bit better than other players. So here's the thing, because we got to take a step back because 
first and foremost, if you're playing on DraftKings this week, you need to forget everything that you thought you knew about football and DFS <laughs> and showdown, because this, this game is going to throw all that for a wrench. So if you want to be successful, just uh, check your ego at the door and understand that you know nothing about what's going to happen uh, in this game. So first and foremost, yes, playing time at the quarterback position is the most projectable on this slate. Although I don't feel really good about any of the options in this game other than Dwayne Haskins. So uh, again, I think we're getting more of that 1.5 to one quarter of action for most of these guys. Now, Garrett Gilbert, along with Dwayne Haskins, those are probably my, my two favorite plays. Cooper Rush, Ben DiNucci, Mason Rudolph, and Josh Dobbs. I just don't think you're going to get there. Uh, Garrett Gilbert certainly has upside if he truly does get that full first half of run, which has been speculated by some of the beat reporters. And then definitely Dwayne Haskins, a dude who's willing to throw the ball down the field, a guy that I think the Steelers need to get a look at just to see what they've got in him has first round pedigree. So definitely Dwayne Haskins and uh, Garrett Gilbert certainly qualify for that captain position. But there's one position that I think supersedes both quarterbacks. Uh, it's not wide receiver. It's not running back. It's not tight end. It's defenses, right? And so when you think about who can score the most points in this game, when we talk about some of the names that are going to be playing in this game, it's the defenses. And first and foremost, they're the only position. Uh, there might be a, running, uh, a wide receiver who's out there for a majority of the snaps. There might be a tight end who's out there for a majority of the snaps. But the defenses are the only ones that have the capability of accumulating fantasy points, DraftKings points for the entirety of the game. They'll still be out there scoring from quarter one to quarter four. So we've seen it consistently in the past in preseason week one showdowns and Hall of Fame game showdowns. Defenses are among the leading scorers uh, day in and day out. So I think you start there, quarterbacks and defenses, and then you kind of move move on down the line from there. So uh, I should mention that for the Hall of Fame game, that every single player in the pool is exactly the same price. So it really doesn't make that big of a difference. Um, it's not like you're going, you know, I can't take this guy because I need to save for this one. No, it's just everyone's exactly the same. So this is going to work out pretty seamlessly when you play one at captain, then you just pick five other guys to go with it. So we got Haskins. We have, you said it was Gilbert, Steelers D, Gary Cow Gilbert, yeah. Gary, Steelers D, Cowboys D are like two, are, are the kickers the next way to go with this? They're generally okay plays. The thing about kickers in, in this particular slate, and, and this is something to keep in mind going down the road, if we've got, we're going to have quite a few preseason uh, showdown slates going forward. So yes, kickers would normally be in play, not generally for the captain position, um, but definitely as flex plays, as floor plays, if you're playing cash type of games. But the, the kickers in this slate, so Greg Zerline is not traveling. Uh, I think it's Hunter Nicewander. Nicewander is not even in the player pool. So the Cowboys backup kicker isn't in the player pool. And, and then the Steelers are rostering two kickers. So Boswell and Sam Sloman are both rosterable on the Steelers side. And I just don't know if they're going to rotate at kicker. So I don't want to get the guy that maybe kicks one extra point and the other guy kicks a 30-yard field goal. That's just not going to get it done for you. So I am personally staying away from kickers on the Hall of Fame game slate. I mean, that makes sense. If we, if I, so what if we did know, let's say if it was just, let's say Boswell was like the only guy who was active for the Steelers, would the kicker then become a play on the slate? Do you think? Yeah, definitely. They're going to have a lower, a, a narrower range of outcomes. Um, but as far as their average score goes, they're right behind defenses and quarterbacks in terms of, of their average production. You think about it, if they score, if, if their team scores a touchdown, uh, you've got an extra point. And then a 30-yard field goal, that's four points. And honestly, four points will get it done for you in a cash game because so many people are going to be taking zeros. But yeah, if you're trying to win a, uh, a top-heavy prize pool like you and I want to do, then, then they may be in, in less consideration. 
So we still need two spots here. I'm guessing that the high upside wide receiver is probably the move if we can figure out who is going to get a bunch of run. You just mentioned James Washington already, who's expected potentially to have a quarter, quarter and a half worth of play, and his big play potential, you know, one move, and all of a sudden he's to the house. It ruins our Mason Rudolph over-under, but you know what? At the same time, hopefully it just comes from Dwayne Haskins and we get some double points if it is James Washington. So who on the Steelers receiving wides beyond James Washington do you think that we should be looking at here? Yeah, and the Steelers receivers are extremely, extremely thin for a Hall of Fame game slate where teams are carrying 90 players. The Steelers are, are unreasonably thin at that position. So we mentioned James Washington. I think there is some, some risk for serious downside if the Steelers do view him as the obvious number four, uh, and he just doesn't play as much as the beat reporters are projecting. But guys beyond that that you should be thinking about, Anthony Johnson uh, is, is expected to play plenty of slots. Isaiah McCoy. Uh, McCoy's kind of a, a deep threat. So someone that if you if you truly want to embrace the variance, he might catch one ball, but it could be that one ball that that he houses and goes for 50 yards and a touchdown. And that would be plenty for you. Uh, and then guys beyond that, there's Rico Busey, Tyler Simmons. There's just so many guys uh, in, that, in that very bottom end of the depth chart where you're, you're probably a half into the game and you're thinking, oh my God, Cody recommended this guy that hasn't even played yet. And then he plays the entire second half. So that's going to be one thing that you're really looking for, but the Steelers, the Steelers wide receiver room is certainly where I would start if targeting upside. So are we thinking McCoy might be the play then? I love McCoy. I love McCoy in the slate. I, I think that the report from James Washington will get plenty of play and, and trust me, I'll have a lot of James Washington, but I think the, there will be a little bit of an ownership gap between the two. So yeah, I love McCoy and the big playability. I would think that structuring our showdown team, we still do want correlation. Now we have these set defenses who are just going to score points regardless, or you know, maybe maybe if, if you know Gilbert comes in and drops 80 points on the Steelers D, they get in the negatives. Hey, but we have Gilbert. It's not that big of a deal. I think we'd take the the minus three from the Steelers defense. We're gonna get 56 points from Gilbert. I think that's gonna work out just fine. But having the correlation of the receiver with the quarterback, I'm guessing is the essential way to maximize upside if you can get the right quarterback with the right receiver. That's why I was thinking McCoy, if he's going to come in later in the game and we're rostering Haskins, that would just logically lead to some correlation if it actually hits. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Where you can find that natural correlation, I would definitely try and maximize it. But I wrote in an article uh, that's posted to establish the run on, on ways to beat preseason showdown that you don't necessarily need to, need to overrate correlation because of things like a defense picking off the other quarterback. So like if, if the Steelers pick off Garrett Gilbert, right. And then Ben DiNucci comes in and throws for two touchdowns. It doesn't matter that the Steelers that, that you have Ben DiNucci at the captain and the Steelers in, in the flex because they scored against different, different opponents. So when correlation like that is natural uh, where you've got Haskins and a guy that we think he might play with in McCoy, definitely try and maximize that. But if you look at 2019's winner, our friend Colin Drew from Daily Roto, <laughs> he won with a Kurt Bankert at captain and both defenses in the flex, right? So he, he rostered his captain quarterback against the Broncos defense um, and had just one receiver. So like you said, if we have that, that uh, Dwayne Haskins in the captain McCoy, and then just maximize the raw points with defenses, makes a lot of sense. Do you think that there should be any Steelers running back on our radar or is that just a full pass? No, there's still guys there that I'm interested in. Um, like I said, I don't think we're expecting a whole lot of run from Najee. Benny Snell, we don't expect to play since he wasn't practicing. 
since Tony Brooks James was just signed, I, I don't expect him to get a ton of run. And then Derek Watt and Trey Edmonds are like fullback types, but I don't see that I, I don't expect to get a ton of action. So someone like Anthony McFarland, who is uh, came out of college as kind of a big play hitter, uh, a home run guy. I think that he is definitely in play. And even Kalen Balaj, our old friend Kalen Kalen Balaj, could could uh, bumble into the end zone, or certainly get enough carries to become a viable play. Okay, well, on the Dallas side of the ball, if I do want to try to find me, I'll just take the receiver that plays the most, and you know, hopefully that ends up working out. But if there's a way that I can get a receiver in the game with Gilbert when he ends up coming in, when the majority of his playing time is on, I mean, I would prefer to do that if we can figure that out. But who is it on the Dallas side? Because, like you said, we're probably not going to see any of the top five guys, by and large, on this team. So... I mean, you'll see a little bit of Noah Brown and like, is it going to be, I mean, you said you're searching Malik Turner. Is it Malik Turner? Because he's like a real player. Like I, uh, I've seen Malik Turner on an NFL field and like be okay before. Yeah. If you guys were grinding showdown last year, you probably remember Malik Turner for the Seahawks. He was, (laughs) he was a play. So someone like Malik Turner is definitely someone that I'm interested in. He definitely needs to to fight for his roster spot. I would imagine that the Cowboys want to keep six wide receivers as long as one of those can be versatile enough to play on special teams or do returns or something like that. So like I said, I I don't expect to see any of Amari Cooper. Obviously, he's on PUP. No CD, no Michael Gallup. And I personally think that Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson have done enough for this team, both in the regular season and just in, in, in past preseasons to prove that they're roster worthy. I don't expect to see a ton of them. So when you look at the depth chart, they're 14 deep uh, on the listed depth chart, but I don't think they'll play that many, right? So someone like Malik Turner is definitely in play. And then their fifth round draft pick out of Stanford this year, Simi Fahoko. I probably butchered that name, but Simi Fahoko is a six foot four, 220 pound kind of big play threat. He is someone that I'm interested in. I would imagine that their fifth round draft pick, they want to see a little bit more out of than some of these other players. And he seems like a guy that would definitely get some playing time with Gilbert too. Uh, Any tight ends on either side that we can narrow it down, or is this just not the spot? It's, it's funny because in that same article that I wrote for how to beat preseason, I, I said that the tight end position is a dumpster fire. And then both of these teams have viable tight ends. So I don't expect to see a whole lot of Blake Jarwin. In fact, he didn't travel. Dalton Schultz is a legitimate player. I don't expect to see a ton of him. And then someone further down the depth chart, Sean McKeon, he got comps to uh, a preseason favorite of ETRs, a preseason favorite of Sean Newsham's Tanner Hudson. So if you search player profiler, you'll see a, a nice player comparison for Tanner Hudson. So Sean McKeon is somebody that I think is in play on the Dallas side. And then, man, on the on the Steelers side, they just have been decimated by injuries at the tight end position too. So uh, Eric Ebron is not expected to play. Pat Fryermuth, their draft pick from this year, did not finish practice yesterday. So I don't know if we'll see him. And then Zach Gentry wasn't practicing. So they're down to two tight ends, Kevin Rader and Marcus Baugh. Man, I don't know anything about these guys as far as like their, their athletic ability uh, or their pass catching, pass catching chops. But I would imagine that they're going to get plenty of playing time and will be running plenty of routes. So someone like Marcus Baugh who played at Ohio State, had played a little bit in the AAF, he might make a little bit of sense uh, as a deep, deep flyer. So when you start considering these guys that you don't know much about, like you said, part of the preseason strategy is just essentially check your ego at the door. You're going to have to roll the dice on some of these guys if you want upside. How many lineups in would you need to be before like these sorts of players that you really don't know much about, but know that they could see some game time? Like, Are you 10 lineups deep before these guys make the cut? 20, 50? Like, how does that work? 
Yeah, I'll be max entering the $10. It's just like the, the perfect price, the perfect price pool. If I can win 50K by playing somebody like Marcus Bot, who I don't know anything about, that's amazing. So I won't be, I won't be hand building any of these teams. And these guys will definitely be in my player pool. But I would be lying if I said I knew a whole lot about Isaiah McCoy or Anthony Johnson or Rico Busey. So I'm leaning on guys at ETR like Sean Newsham and Levitan, definitely, definitely PSU fans, because he knows, seems like everything about uh, these college guys, these fringe college guys. So if you hop into the discord at ETR and, and have a question about a guy or his, his capabilities or what he did in college, Sean will probably have an answer for you. Uh, so I'm definitely leaning on him. Seriously. I, I, I don't know anything about any of these fringe guys, but they're definitely going to make up a majority of my player pool. So I will not be max entering the $10 showdown. I'll probably play three lineups and something like this. I probably won't get down that, that obscure. I'll try to keep it to players. I mean, maybe I will. Who knows? I mean, I lose money all the time. I might as well just lose it on players I've never heard of before. That seems like a sound strategy for me. But if I want to fill out my captain spot for something like this, which way do you go? Do you... Obviously, you're going to play so many lineups that you're going to have obscure players in your captain spot from time to time or these receivers who you know, may or may not see the field. But for someone like me, who's either going to play a single entry or a cash game or just a three max type of lineup, would I be looking at either the quarterbacks or the defenses to be my captain? Yeah, if you're going to play either the smaller field tournaments or you're just playing a few lineups where especially the smaller field stuff, the single entry, the three max that that isn't so top heavy and doesn't have so many entries where you don't need to hit, you know, the stone nuts, as they say, in order to to ship something, then definitely look towards those more stable positions like DST and quarterback. If you get caught up in, you know, really trying to chase the variance and chase the upside at wide receiver, you're going to end up with too many zeros, I think. And I don't think it's even necessary sometimes on these slates. I think you can get away with, you know, 10 or 12 points from your defense. And then if you do roster that, that wide receiver in the flex position, you'll be just fine too. So there's going to be so many players that are rosterable and the ownership's going to be more spread out on those players that you just need to hit one of them. And I don't think you're going to completely miss out if you don't have them in the captain position. So last thing, the spread for this game, looking at DraftKings Sportsbook right now, they don't have a fucking clue. They're just flipping a coin here. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers minus one against the Dallas Cowboys in this spot. Uh, minus 140 on the money line. Dallas is minus or plus 120. Is, is there any real way to cap this game, do you think? I mean, I think the only thing you can look at is quarterback play, right? We know that the Steelers are going to play Mason Rudolph, who I, I mean, he... He's, he's a terrible, I think, real-life regular season quarterback, but he, he's going to be among the best at, in terms of preseason quarterbacks. If he gets a quarter of play, and then Dwayne Haskins, who has first-round pedigree, gets two quarters of action, and then they finish things out with Josh Dobbs, uh, you know, I, I think I would lean that way. On top of the, the strength that they have and the depth that they have at the defense on all sides, of the, on, on all aspects of their defense. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I won't be betting this game, so take that for what it's worth. But if I had to, I would I would take the strength uh, in the quarterback position or just lack thereof on the Cowboys side. So I'm leaning Steelers. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we 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 don't bet the spread or the money line on a preseason game. Although I'm going to be sitting there. If there's nothing on TV. I'm like, yeah, I can throw some bucks on this. <laughs> maybe the over under is the better place to go. The over under is 33, which seems hilariously low. But I'm like, these guys haven't played in eight months. Like, what what are we doing here? And it's, it's the thing is it's vanilla on both sides of the ball. So the, the offenses are going to be pretty vanilla. Now, maybe the Steelers want to get more of a look at Dwayne Haskins. So they throw the rock a little bit more, but it's going to be super vanilla for the offenses. They're going to run the ball quite a bit and, and do the standard things uh, in the passing game. 
but it's going to be vanilla on the defensive side too. It's just, it's just generally these games are extremely low scoring. So I don't see 33 points is crazy. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a lean either way on the total. I, I guess I would say under, because I just don't expect a whole lot of points to be scored, but man, 33 is low. It does seem really low, but, and we're going to be sitting there watching. It's like, oh, they're just running up the gut for one yard every <laughs> single time. I know. So I appreciate, I, I don't want someone to come on here and be like, oh no, you have to take it. I mean, that's what I have cussed for to make terrible picks. I enjoy <laughs> that. Hey, this isn't a good spot. I don't know enough about it. I mean, I wish people had a bit more honesty like that. I think it's earned you an invite back on Cody. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, you know what? I listened to your show and you and Maddox got me through uh, the, the worst of times of the pandemic. So the Corona cast was, was an absolute must listen. So being on your show is a true honor. Well, I really appreciate those words when you can hear two people who don't know what they're talking about really <laughs> debating things. I mean, well, what's a funnier way to pass the time than that? It was good for a lot of laughs and a lot of uh, questionable thought, thought provoking <laughs> discussions. That's for sure. Yeah, I think we'll just leave it at questionable. Tell everyone uh, where they can follow you on Twitter. Plus what your content schedule is going to look like over at establish the run. Yeah. At C main seven on Twitter, but definitely, definitely check out uh, the establish the run preseason package. There's already, like I said, an article out on some of the things that I noticed on how to beat preseason showdown, which like I said, is going to be a huge part of preseason DFS this year. So check that article out, subscribe to uh, subscribe to the package. It's a separate package. So, so check that out. Definitely hop in the discord. That's where everything's going to be hopping, coming, come closer to lock. And yeah, I mean, as far as the schedule goes, we'll see how things go. I think Adam threw up a uh, show schedule. We're going to kind of play that by ear. If there's big enough slates where DraftKings is posting big enough contests, we'll be we'll be producing a live show for that. So top plays, depth charts that are constantly updating and live shows for any slates with with any real legitimate prize pools. And there are some legitimate prize pools over at DraftKings this week, but I think the best action that you can get is probably over at prizepicks.com. Use the link in the description to go sign up, and you'll get a match deposit of up to $100. Use code MMN to unlock that same discount as well. Help out the show. Help out Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. And I have some money to give back to you guys as well. If you hit the link in the description for the Apple Podcast Review, you subscribe to Fantasy Football Picks and Bets, part of the Mayo Media Network, and you leave a five-star review, something you like about the show, Twitter handle, or email address, you're in a draw to, well, the, the prize pool's up to 1000 bucks right now. The more reviews that we get, it'll go up to 1500 bucks. But I'll be doing those giveaways very, very soon. So please help support the show by subscribing to the YouTube channel and leaving those reviews to rig the algorithm, and we can move up higher in the Apple Podcast charts. This is how the game works. You gotta play the game just a little bit. Thank you all for watching. Smash the like on the way out, and I'll see you next time. Ah!